Welcome back, Alabama Adapted Athletics fans, to episode five of the second season of the Alabama Adapted Athletics podcast. I'm Dominic Taylor, your host, along with my awesome coach, Sean Burns. Sean, you're back from your two-episode hiatus, or I guess it'd be one episode. You couldn't yeah. join us for the uh, the Jeopardy episode. I was bummed about that. You know, uh, yeah. Coach Hines, he did a good a good job um, in you know in your absence, but uh, you you got yeah. the job back. So, congrats I heard you guys for for giving me a hard time on there. <laughs> yeah, I we messed up. You know, I, I go to, I, I go to I one funeral. I hard time. Oh, what? <laughs> I wasn't giving you a hard time. I was just <laughs> just Ryan, huh? Yeah, just Ryan. Just you know, yeah. for for the record. Um, but I'm sure somebody could go back and correct me on that if they rewatch the episode. But regardless, you're back. Welcome. Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the other wonderful guest that we have on today, or, or excuse me, the only guest I should say, Sean, you're not a guest, but um, we, we won't treat you as nicely as we're going to treat uh, Lindsay Zerbrook. Um, our guest for today, she is a grad transfer from Wisconsin Whitewater, um, one of the uh, senior most members now of our um, the women's team here at Adapted Athletics. Um, Lindsay, I mean, we could go through your accolades, some of your most recent ones, 51 total points in the RGK tip-off, um, a very dominant performance both times against Memphis, um, also a bronze medalist most recently in the 2021 uh, Tokyo Paralympics. Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. How are you? I'm pretty excellent. Thanks so much for having me. Definitely an opportunity I've never had, so I'm excited to get it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love to uh, highlight our student athletes um, on the Adapted Athletics podcast, and uh, that's what we're going to do today. Um, you obviously, like I just talked about, you've had some pretty dominant performances, um, just, you know, just here recently in your playing career. Um, but I want, I want to kind of take it back, um, to what, what began it all, uh, bring us through your background where, when did you start playing, um, basketball and, um, kind of take us through your, your playing career, um, up to the point that you got into, uh, playing basketball collegially. Yeah, for sure. So I actually grew up in Portland, Oregon, a nice hop, skip and a jump over the United States from Alabama. And I played able-bodied basketball, probably I started when I was maybe eight. And I played all the way up until I was 13. And that when I was 13, I got injured. I did yoga, did not go well. But you know what, we're here now and we're thriving. And then when I was in the hospital, I, my recreational nurse, she was actually the head coach for the junior wheelchair basketball team in Portland. And she was like, Hey, I heard that you used to play basketball. You should totally come out and try it practice. I was pretty reluctant, but just like all things new, new in life, I was a little nervous, but I ended up going out and trying it instantly loved it. It was like bumper cars. You could have run into people. And as a 13 year old kid, I thought that was absolutely swell. So I ended up playing in Portland for a year, and then I played in Seattle for two years as a junior, which for those who don't know what junior level is, that's purely like middle school and high school level of wheelchair basketball. And then my senior year, I was recruited by the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater, along with like Texas and Illinois and Arizona to come play hoops for them in college. Ultimately, I chose Whitewater. I just finished up five years, five years there. Um, oh my gosh, in 2020, I can't even tell you what year it is anymore. It's gone by a blur. 
And now I'm here in Alabama finishing up my last year. That's that's fantastic. Uh, one of the one of the things I kind of picked up and when you're talking about your career, um, t- take me through the recruiting process. You know, when you're you're being recruited by coaches um, out of high school as a you know a, a great prospect. Um, what's that like for for you uh, going through those different schools, and what made you ultimately decide on uh, Whitewater? Yeah, so for me personally, I came into wheelchair basketball probably like actually started getting decent enough where colleges colleges would look at me when I was 16 or so because I was so new to the sport and such. And college coaches aren't allowed to recruit you until your junior year. I was I was just looking for a school that would feel kind of like home. I came, I was, I grew up in the country. I was homeschooled my whole life. I didn't really want to be in a big city because I don't really like the city that much. I like my open green space. So it was a toss up between Texas and Whitewater at the end of the day. And ultimately I thought that I was going to have more of a home feel in a smaller school than in a big city and that I would get more playing time in Whitewater because I saw Texas and they had amazing players like Rose Hollerman and Morgan Wood and Abby Duncan and I personally wanted to get playing time so I ended up going to Whitewater gotcha <laughs> I listen that's really that's honest a, yeah it's a good reason as any honestly and a big um, reason I went there is because I heard the bratwurst was amazing and the cheese <laughs> and I'm a foodie at heart so it kind of just set the deal nice nice uh, that that's huge. That that definitely goes into it. That's uh, we we talked about that a couple episodes actually with Alex Curry, uh, the new our new athletic trainer. Just like kind of the food scene in, uh, here in Tuscaloosa, you know the barbecue scene. I'm sure uh, you're enjoying that. You know that's uh it's a it's a good plus of being here. Um, Sean, you kind of hear about um, Lindsay's experience and just what did, did, were, were your experiences similar in in um, in kind of being recruited? What what was kind of no. your uh, experience? Is that uh, <laughs> no? Corroborate way different. I only had two people that were interested, um, so you know I, I wound up here. Um, that's kind of how mine was. I I have a question though for you, Lindsay. Is what I guess what led you to Alabama then after Whitewater? Quite honestly, I was not planning on going back to school. I had my degree. I was satisfied with where I was in life. Going to go get a job. And I mentioned, I was, we were at a USA training camp and I mentioned to one of my teammates, Bailey Moody, I'm like, you know what? It, I really do love food. It would be cool to get a diet, become a dietitian one day or just go get a master's in nutrition. And the next thing I know, I'm getting a call from Ryan Hines, like two weeks later saying, Hey, I hear you're, you're looking at, you're like, you're interested in school or you really want to become a dietitian. And so that kind of just led to me coming here. Otherwise, probably would not be here right now, but I'm very grateful. Well, I guess with COVID, it really kind of helped you out there and oh, definitely kind of push you to push you to that new degree, huh? Especially since I do want to stay competitive with basketball. And I mean, I'm planning on being around the USA team till at least 2028. So yeah. I need the place to train. And I know here's pretty good. A lot better than Oregon. There's not a lot of ballers out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you actually for um, – giving me a fantastic segue uh, into the next kind of area of questions, which is um, the process of, of becoming a Paralympian. Um, that is 
Um, obviously, one of the, the biggest things that just happened in the world of adapted sports this last year, um, the Tokyo Paralympics, Alabama Adapted Athletics had a ton of um, current and former um, alumni as well as players that competed. And um, we now consider you one of them. Um, you know, love having you here, obviously, um, as one of the many reasons. And um, kind of take us through, for people who don't know, what's the process of becoming a Paralympian? How do you get selected to join uh, the USA national team and compete at that level? Yeah. The, the, so the selection process in the United States is you, it's by invite only. A bunch of people are invited by email, be like, hey, we heard, like, we want to invite you to the selection camp that's being held in Colorado Springs. So I remember probably my first year on Team USA, we had about 32 people come to tryouts. And during that first tryout, like, you do a bunch of shooting, like shooting drills and speed drills and agility testing. And they all record times of it, just like in like the, like the NBA or NFL combine and such, they record all these stats on you. And then they will actually have you play in games on there or just do like one-on-one -on -one shadow to see how your defense is and bunch of small aspects like that. And then after like three day camp, they will cut down to 16 people or 16 people or so and then ultimately there's a couple of more camps that are only down and they'll end up cutting down to 12 people which is all you can take full rosters 12 people so i mean that's basically it it's, it's it takes a lot of hard work and a lot of commitment i mean it's a lot of people do not realize how much work actually goes in behind the scenes and how much extra needs to be done to get to the level that the usa team's at I, I can only imagine. I mean, it, it, at any level representing your country, playing against the best athletes in the world, no matter what sport it is, um, just incredible amount of work and huge kudos for um, being one of the, the athletes selected to represent um, the USA at the Paralympics. Now, as for the competition, um, obviously, uh, Team USA, um, the women's team won bronze this year. Um, what was it like competing against? I mean, take, take us through that process of playing your way through all these different countries um what were some of the you know the high points some of the the low points of your experience in, in Tokyo and um, just um kind of bring us through that that whole uh, time I absolutely love Tokyo the people like the the Japanese country like the whole people they're so respectful and so kind I'm never gonna forget how every single time we departed from the bus depot to ship off to our training venues, there would be at least 10 to 15 staff members just waving at us with both hands and the biggest smiles on their faces. They were giving us so much energy the whole time. As a team, we were we stayed super supportive of each other and the camaraderie and like we were living together every day. And I don't feel like anybody really got on anybody's nerves. Like it was a insane team aspect with these group lays especially since we had been training with each other for honestly the last two years on and off we've seen each other a lot but this this group of women it's I can honestly say they're probably my best friends just with how much time we spent with each other I'm trying to think of anything else um hmm. Tokyo it was just a grand old time I was excited to play in my first Paralympics I know the veterans on the team were excited to watch us play in the first Paralympics. 
definitely in the first game, I think everybody out there just looked like a bunch of deer in headlights where <laughs> it was just the big, like you go in the largest stadium you've ever seen. And unfortunately there weren't any people there, but you could imagine the people and you could imagine the crowd noise and the atmosphere. We opened it off against Netherlands and we played honestly a pretty decent game for our first game, even though we lost. And I don't even say there was a whole lot of low points. It was, I was just right in the wave and enjoying every moment and having no regrets through it all. That uh, the, the concept of bringing together a bunch of different athletes from, um, from different parts of, you know, the same country, granted it is the same country, but you know, there's still a, um, you know, micro um, societies, I guess, of like, oh, yeah. you know, somebody's from a different part of this country, somebody's from a different part of that country. And you bring them together in, you know, you know, less than a year and you form an incredible competitive machine out of it. And that's always fascinating to me. Um, was it, was this team from the beginning just already very cohesive? Was there, I mean, um, did it take time to formulate that, uh, that championship mindset or was it um, from the beginning where you guys just driven and ready to, to compete at a high level? I say we were all driven. I would definitely say we were not all cohesive and ready to go though. There, it needed a lot of work with like the team psychologists, a lot of work on the court to be able to actually come together as a unit. And we, we came together and I think we peaked in Tokyo at just the wrong, just the right time. And that's what led to the bronze medal. I mean, there is so much just even working with the coaching staff, just that everybody's on the same page, trying to get 16, 17 people all to have the exact same thought. It's, difficult but we did it absolutely I was, gonna, I was curious about that like I don't know how many training camps you guys have per year but like it's got to be hard training by yourself or in small groups and then going to play with a, a team full of people that have been doing their own thing for you know what I mean like the, a few months at a time so like what is that like how do, how do you guys battle through that so for sure, I mean, there's people on our team that they are put in different positions than they would normally never be in on like their home team or their club team and such. And just, it's, you, you literally have to have two mindsets. You have to have, all right, that's the home team mindset. Okay, now this is my USA basketball mindset. I'm in a completely different role, completely different thing. Personally, I'm not used to being a ball handler at the USA level. But in college, I'm more of a ball handle type lady. So it's it's just something that kind of happens. It's one of those mindset things where you got to have quick memory to be able to just go on, move on to the next stage, the next camp. I mean, we probably had a camp a little bit oh, every single month, if not every three weeks last year. And we had some girls doing a residency program, which I was a part of in Colorado Springs. So we literally lived with each other for another two, three months. Okay. like five of us so that's cool I think that's good for the program absolutely it's good for women's sports too the men yeah. have had the opportunity to be able to go like reside at the Paralympic Olympic training right. center this is the first time the women's been given the opportunity so big step yeah that's awesome that is great for sure absolutely a lot of the like track athletes do the same thing like they go live out in San Diego or whatever and they're able to train and, and things like that. I used to do track when I was in high school. And uh, when 
we would go out there for training camps or whatever that there'd be a group of people that just lived there i always thought that was pretty sweet if I could find like a part-time job while doing it, that would be the yeah. way to do it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But because of COVID stuff, we weren't really allowed to leave campus too much. So I was fine with it. I just built puzzles all day. Other people were starting to get a little ready yeah. to get them, but I yeah, think it's tough. there's so much to do in Colorado Springs. <laughs> totally. Walk around. Now we're bashing on Colorado Springs. Is it that seems like a nice place? Is it is it pretty? I mean, is it a oh. Gorgeous. Every yeah. single morning you wake up, you can see the enormous mountains outside. Mm-hmm. I mean, go walk to get coffee, walk back, catch some Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, that is, that's fantastic. I, I'm glad. Thank you for first off sharing that, that whole experience with us um, through the, the Paralympics. Now, what's, what's the future for you in terms of that? I know you said earlier you wanted to, to stay around the national team, but um is, is it something where you can continue to try out through the years and continue to compete as long as you want? Yeah, so the process is every single year you need to retry out again. So in 2017, I had to try out. I had to try out in 2018. I had to try out in 2019 and et cetera, which can be kind of annoying sometimes, but also I do get why they do it. And honestly, anybody can try out as long as you get noticed, get that invite. You can keep trying out every single year. And you plan to do so. I plan to do so. That's great. Hopefully my body stays together. I hope to be around until about 2028. All Maybe. right. That's awesome. <laughs> Got to play at home. Last year. So who knows what the plan is going to be? Yeah. Uh, you got to play at home. I saw just today, uh, Coach Saban said that he wants – he's got 10 more years. He's turning 70. And so he's got 10 more years in him. And, you know, who knows, Lindsay, maybe you'll be you'll be uh, part of the uh, Paralympic team when you're 70, 80 years old. You know, that's oh – tell you <laughs> Well, maybe on the staff and the sidelines. Yeah, there you like go. Like a or something. But that, that's a long way away. <laughs> hey, you know what? We got no idea. Maybe uh, – we trot a seven-year-old out there. We might be in trouble. Yeah, that's a good point too. <laughs> that's a great point too. Um, now, uh, bringing it bringing it back in, we'll shift from the from the topic of the Paralympics and and bring it back into uh, Alabama. Um, just you know, you you started uh, your your uh, your the season. You've started the season with Alabama. You're already a, um, a tournament in. Um, like we said earlier, very dominant performance in the RGK tip-off. Um, you're filling a pretty unique role for this team. This, um, You know some of the players, obviously, uh, Bailey Moody, and, and you've had several teammates um, that were with you at the Paralympics. But, um, you know, now you are the most uh, senior member of this Alabama team. You have the most experience year-wise. Um, what's it like filling – is what I hear. Well, you're old, but in a good way. <laughs> in, in the most positive way we can say, you are um, you are the oldest. Um, but you're feeling a very crucial leadership position and, and an experienced position um, because Alabama lost a ton of production last year. Is that kind of the way you see it as you, as you step into this leadership role? Or how do you see your role with this, with this uh, Alabama women's team this year? When I was talking to Ryan, basically he said he really wants some kind of seniority on the team, somebody who's been around the block, somebody who can be not really that that voice of reason, 
but just somebody with experience to be able to help people through. I mean, it's, it's hard as a freshman coming to a place if like thousands of miles away from your house. I mean, it's hard for all these people. And I've already been through that. I've already done that. I know how to help people. So it's, I knew it was going to be a slightly different role than I'm used to, but also I think it was definitely needed on this team to have a little bit of experience and hopefully some leadership I can bring. <laughs> Sean got, Sean got caught, uh, got caught with the, the ringer on. Dang. Yeah. Rookie move. <laughs> Rookie move. No worries. It happens. Um, <laughs> So, so Lindsay, after this weekend and uh, Alabama swept Memphis, um, you guys look great. Uh, you know, obviously at the beginning of the season, you don't really know. Uh, nobody outside the program knows what the team is going to look like, but the coaches and the players have an idea. Now that you've seen you and your team play a couple games, what is the, what's the potential for this team? What, what, what do you think uh, – what are your aspirations and what do you think is the, the ceiling for this team right here? Well, I know I'm trying to go for a championship. This is my last shot at it. This is my last year of eligibility. So I'm going to do everything that I personally can do to get to that point. As a team, I we do not have a lot of height at all. We're pretty short, but we are super fast, which is an enormous step in our favor. We have a, a lot of hard workers on the team, I will say. And if I think personally, if we have people who are willing to get in the gym do some extra shots, get in some extra workouts, get conditioned, like go push some hills outside and just do more than the minimum and more than just what's acceptable. Like go raise that bar. I think if we can do that, we're going to have a very fair shot at it, but the work needs to be put in. And I mean, it's such at the start of the season. I mean, we've only been through what two games and I mean, there's so much stuff that we need to improve on. We could get there. I hope we can get there. I believe we can get there, but we got to put in the work first. Nothing's guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed at all. Love that. Love to hear that. Um, the very interesting opportunity happened yesterday. Um, all the athletes in the program were able to talk to Coach Oates, um, Coach Nate Oates of uh, Alabama basketball. Um, what uh, you you were there, right, Lindsay? I'm not bringing up yeah. Okay. Yes. You attended this meeting. Um, what do you think were, were some of the main takeaways from, from Coach Oates' message yesterday? And uh, how do you think um, the team might apply um, what, what Coach talked about yesterday? Uh, two main things that really stuck with me. One was how he said – Coach Oates was saying how after the talk that he gave to the, the basketball and the tennis teams last night, he was saying how he was going to go back over to his gym and he better see some of his players – in the gym working out and getting up extra shots and how he, it was basically required for the team to get at least two extra workouts in for that day, whether it's a little bit of shooting, a little bit of conditioning or something that really resonated with me purely because I don't think some of the younger generation knows how much it does take to become a championship winning team and such. And it's very good to for them to hear like, oh, my gosh, they're, they're in the gym at least three, four times a day. They really want it, especially how competitive it will be. And then the other thing that really resonated, oh, I'm trying to remember what it was. He had an acronym. It was like BCD or something. But it was he was saying basically there is no. Do you remember what I'm talking about? It was something. What? 
no whining. Like there'd be no whining in practice. There'd be no bad talking or complaining or no demeaning words. I mean, so if somebody was saying like, Hey, Oh man, I suck. I missed that shot. I mean, obviously you don't suck because you missed a shot. You just missed a shot. One shot does not define you as a human being, but just the fact if that anybody ever hears that they yell out whatever the acronym was and they're like, Hey, stop that over there. Like, let's be positive. Let's positive attitudes. And that, that I just, I mean, you hear all the time when players start getting down on themselves, but they don't realize how much that affects the team around them. Like one negative person or one rotten egg can spoil the whole lot. So I think that was good for people to hear too. That is that's fantastic advice. Yeah. Um, huge Their whole culture is built around being blue collar and working hard and yes. playing hard. And it seems simple, honestly, but like, playing hard for 40 minutes is not as easy as you may think. Um, and so they practice it, I think. And, you know, their whole culture is built around that. And you kind of see the results with them. Like I've been here for eight years and they've never been good at basketball until last year, you know, in his second year as head coach. So. And just the fact that they have a system where they blue collar points because, oh, this person dove on the ground for the loose ball or they made this extra effort play. That way, everybody's rewarded because on the stat sheets, you only see the people who score the most, get the most turnovers, get the most rebounds, assists, block steals, et cetera. But you don't actually see that perfect pick that led to the wide open layup or the seal or that assist or the pass that got quickly tapped over by another person. I mean, I love that concept of just acknowledging everything mm-hmm. and like, Hey, no, you, you created that. That was on you. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Going to hopefully see some of those, uh, those standards and principles implemented this season. I'm looking forward to, to seeing that, um, that standard of uh, excellence on the court. And I think after our first tournament, we've already seen um, very, very high potential for both of these um Alabama uh, basketball squads and Lindsay uh, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time throughout this whole interview we'll finish it off with um, one final question and we'll make it a, a fun one because uh, you know tis the season um, it's spooky season um, you know it's it's the uh, it's the season of the pumpkins whatever you want to call it it's Halloween coming up um, this uh, this Sunday and I noticed that on the court today <laughs> Costumes? Is that what I was seeing? Everybody's wearing costumes. Never seen costumes. That is awesome. So, what was what was your costume? Oh well, we were having a little contest, and um, I kind of went all out. I've never been to a thrift store before, so I decided to go to a thrift store and found some absolute gems. And I went as the, the headless horseman, but. <laughs> it, it's a little different because so we ended up finding some nice boots, some fake jeans. Um, was wearing a men's prom dress shirt that had like these gray or silver roses all over it, with a brown puffy coat that looked like it was from Shakespeare. Had fake blood all over my neck. I had an axe that had blood on it. Couldn't find a horse to ride on, so I ended up getting a unicorn. So I had that stuff between my legs. And then the piece there was of stones was I carved a pumpkin. And I actually had it on my head the entire, well, three quarters of the way through practice. But I was playing with a real live carved pumpkin on my head. So headless horse. That was real. That's disgusting. Oh, it got a little slimy. Yeah. Not going to lie. Yeah, that's gross. It was 
absolutely mm-hmm. worth it. And <laughs> I won the contest, so I got myself a mug, and I'm pretty proud of that. Oh, oh you won. I did. I think nice. Ryan felt bad that I was absolutely sweating my brains out in this pumpkin. And I could not catch a pass for the life of me. The holes in it, I did not make big enough. So I could not, I did have no depth perception whatsoever. <laughs> People would be throwing me the ball and I'd be like looking up down, trying to look through this eye hole to actually pick it up. Just, but you know what? It was worth it. Memories <laughs> I'll never forget. And who else can say they've worn a pumpkin on their head during practice? <laughs> Oh man, that is awesome. Oh, geez. I'm so glad that I asked about that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, congratulations on that contest. And uh, hopefully you just continue that this weekend. Um, the Hollister Invitational is coming up. Um, very excited to see uh, both our teams get back there um, on the court and compete. ABC Medical. Um, Sean, you actually, you and you and Lindsay might be uh, might be scoring up at some point um, on the court, right? <laughs> Do I have that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll be out there. We'll, uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It'll be fun. Everybody's getting minutes this weekend, even the coaches. <laughs> yes, everybody's getting minutes. No way. Carolina, ain't she playing? Yeah, yeah. I hope so. If not, we're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I already know it. <laughs> It'll be a good time. I, Okay. Well, Lindsay, thank you yeah. so much for your time once again. I um, really appreciated the conversation. Um, and you know what? For all of our, our watchers, listeners, however you're watching the podcast, um, be sure to uh, to watch number 11 on the court this season. She's going to be a force. And um, as well as the rest of uh, our wonderful athletes here at Alabama Adapted Athletics. Lindsay, thank you so much for your time. And um, we will be live streaming all of the games for Hollister Invitational at the BamaAdapted.com website on the watch slash listen uh, tab. So, Lindsay, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. You too. Peace. All right. And uh, once again, that was Lindsay Zerbrug. Um, we are going to move on to our next uh, segment of the Alabama Adapted Athletics podcast. Some of the other storylines um, going on, as we kind of talked about, with the RGK tip-off, Alabama completely dominated. It was a fantastic weekend, 5-0 and across all of our teams. And um, one of the stars, um, in addition to Lindsey Zerbrug, Ignacio Ortega, he had a combined 77 points in three games for Alabama's men's team. Um, he was completely dominant um, in the third game against Memphis uh, Saturday night. Um, Partha... Partha Venkatrim, he had an incredible game as well. Um, there were some real good breakout players. Um, I definitely want to defer to you, Sean, just as the assistant coach for our men's team. Um, some of the uh, some of your takeaways from the first three games of the season for your squad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we we opened up really well against Auburn. Um, played super hard the first eight minutes and, and jumped out to a pretty pretty big lead. And then, you know, they made a run and we made another run and we, we were able to kind of keep them at bay. Um, for our first game, it was great because we got, you know, almost everybody got to play in that game um, a little bit, um, which is great because we have four freshmen. Um, so we're trying to bring everybody along and incorporate our, our upperclassmen 
in with them. So we were able to work through a bunch of different lineups and, and it was great. And, you know, uh, second Auburn game was a little bit closer. Um, and, you know, Iggy kind of carried us through, through those, you know, he's, he's just so good at getting inside and, and scoring and we were able to hit him with good passes where he could finish. And, um, you know, it, overall, I thought it was, those two games were great. And then, you know, when we got into the Memphis game, it was awesome to see once again, just the, the younger guys, some of the guys that have been here, you know, waiting their turn, get, get some more minutes, um, get, have a bigger role. Um, and, you know, we, we worked through that and we had a, I thought we had a great weekend. Um, you know, we had uh, practice has been great the past, you know, I guess what two weeks now since, since we played those games. Um, so I think, you know, I think we're ready to play this weekend. Uh, I think it'll be a good, a good test and good, good lesson for some of our players again to get back out there on the court. Um, so, and then we also had uh, last week, we had five of our players go to the under 23 tryouts, um, you know, and, and our head coach for Bertram, he's the head coach of the, the men's U23 uh, U.S. team. So um, that was a good experience for our, for those five too, to, to get to go to that and experience the, the USA level of basketball. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm excited about where we're at so far as a team. And, you know, I think like, like Lindsay said about the women's team, like we just got to keep working, right. We have everything that we need to be successful and to, to reach that championship level that we're striving to be at, but we just got to put it together, put in the work and, uh, you know, get better each day. Um, you know, and that's, that's a motto for us. That was something that Coach Oates talked about last night. Just you got to get a little bit better every day. And uh, we have a good opportunity to do that this weekend with uh, our game Friday night and our, our two games Saturday. Great. I'm looking forward to um, seeing the squad back in action. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this, too. Uh, yeah. You know, throughout the season, you'll play – some of the same teams multiple times. Um, you know, we, we've got UTA scheduled several times. We're going to see Auburn um, several more times this season. Um, is it is it almost like a, a chess match in terms of what each team has um, learned from the last win or loss playing the same team? I mean, is it kind of, um, you know, you have to improvise and adapt. Maybe the same things won't work the last time against this, the same team. What's that dynamic like when you play the same team several times in a season? Well, I mean – first of all, every team gets better throughout the year for the most part. Um, so they might throw something different that they haven't done this season or even in the past season when we played them. Um, but we will too, you know what I mean? We're working on other stuff as well. And um, I think that's just part of the game, right? Like we had uh, the first Auburn game, they had a, a, a freshman come out and he didn't start the game, but he came in and just started lighting them up, like lighting us up. He had like 30 points or something. And we had to change the way he was guarding them. And even that didn't necessarily work. Um, but in the second game, you know, when he came in, he didn't have, he didn't get as many shot attempts. We kind of knew how to, you know, or at least how to slow him down a little bit. Right. Like you can't really stop really good scores or whatever, but you can slow them down. And, you know, I think, I think that's part of the game, right? Like you have to make in-game adjustments and you have to make game to game adjustments. And so, yeah, I mean, 
I would anticipate that when we play Auburn again in the future, when we play UTA the second or third time that, you know, they're going to be doing something different or they're going to throw somebody new out there that, you know, maybe didn't get as many minutes as before. And that's just part of the game. And the best way to do that is to make sure that you're getting better every day and to keep doing what you do really well and, and being able to kind of execute your own game plan and, and defensive game plan. Well, uh, we will um, definitely be watching um, the, the course of the season. Um, lots of great rematches with Auburn um, coming up. Like you said, UTA will be traveling there just in a few weeks. Um, so we'll get to see how those squads are um, and how they're getting better over the course of the year for sure. Um, for the women's team, in addition to Lindsay Zerbrug, Mary Silverman, she had 27 points in the second rematch against Memphis. She did. Um, a phenomenal job there. Bailey Moody was uh, very solid in both games. So um, those three for uh, Alabama's women's team had an, uh, an incredible weekend. Um, but like you said, there were opportunities to get a ton of um, freshmen and new players, some uh, some crucial minutes. And um, as always, you want to build depth um, over the course of the season, build experience. Right. And uh, it was a good opportunity to do that in the RGK tip-off. And now upcoming this weekend, the Hollister Invitational, Friday and Saturday um, we'll be welcoming ABC Medicals team as well as Fort Lauderdale. And um, Fort Lauderdale, actually, I'm sure you're familiar with them, Sean. You, you have some history from earlier this year. Um, mm -hmm. These two these two teams faced off a couple times um, at the uh, 2021 NWBA Dalton Juniors National Tournament. And um, Fort Lauderdale, unfortunately, got the best of ABC Medical um, in that championship game. But, uh, you know, you're, you're familiar with these, these two teams. And so it's going to be interesting not only to see how um, they do facing off against each other once again, but uh, our women's team and our men's team. Um, the schedule is as follows. The women's team's facing Fort Lauderdale at 5 o'clock on Friday. The men's team's facing ABC Medical at 7 o'clock. And then Saturday morning, um, schedule resets. The men's team will be facing Fort Lauderdale at 11 the women's team is facing ABC Medical at one, and then the men's team will face Fort Lauderdale at three. Um, all of the games that I mentioned will be live streamed. Again, that's at BamaAdapted.com, the watch slash, slash listen tab. And, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting to, uh, to see all these, uh, all these teams kind of um, face off once again. And, of course, ABC Medical was made up of, like I mentioned earlier, um, I'm Alabama coaches. So we're going to see some Alabama coaches facing off against their, their own, uh, players that they've, you know, recruited and, and trained. And it's going to be, um, I always find that fascinating when, you know, it's almost like, a it, tell me this, Sean, is it, is it a, um, do you keep some of the tricks for yourself? You know, how you, the, the master taking on the student, you know, there's some moves or chair skills that you keep, um, you don't necessarily show up players. No, nah, all of our players are much better than I am. So, um, <laughs> uh, no, but it's, it's honestly, it, it's kind of weird playing against them. Um, so especially if the game's close, like you're like, oh man, like I don't want to freaking, you know what I mean? Like, obviously you're going to, you're going to play to win, but it's like, it's always awkward if, if we end up winning or it's only happened one time where we end up actually beating them. But, uh, I think we beat the women's team once and the men's team once. And so, um, but no, it's, it's fun. And it, it, it gives our, our guys a little bit better of a chance if some of us go out there and play and, 
um, you know, it's a, it's an extra game against somebody else. It's not a scrimmage or whatever. So, um, it's a fun opportunity. I actually enjoy playing it, but, uh, you know, I can say the one time we won, I didn't enjoy the win, I guess. Best way to put it, I would have rather lost and, uh, than to have beaten the, the guys that you, you coach every day. <laughs> <laughs> I figured, uh, if, you know, if a team, if, if, if you know, if the men's or the women's team beats ABC medical, and then you give the the coach a hard time in practice. It just means extra ramps. You know, it's just like you don't <laughs> you don't uh, <laughs> you might have bragging rights, but you're still going to have to do you know extra conditioning or whatever in practice. So, yeah. So I mean, it's catch twenty two for the for for our team. Yeah. Lucky, luckily for them, it'll just be you know me out there. Ford will be coaching the team. So <laughs> we were both out there, and they took us down. Like, ooh, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a problem. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> uh, that's phenomenal. Um, another thing to mention as well, the eccentric open um, for our tennis team that's going on today. Wish our tennis uh, tennis athletes all the best in, in those matchups. I think um, it'll be the white versus the crimson scrimmage, scrimmaging against each other. Um, that's going on right now, so we don't have those results, but those will definitely be posted on our um, social accounts. And um, huge thanks to all of our sponsors, Hollister, RGK, ABC Medical, Powerade, UA Early College, Eccentric, um, and all the other great sponsors that we have. Um, always want to take the opportunity to thank them. And happy Halloween to all of our listeners. It's coming up this weekend. Um, John, do you have a costume? I don't have a costume, man. I'm lame. Um, I'm going to be the uh, Tasmanian devil, Luka Doncic, I think. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what my onesie is, so I'm, I'm going to be that. So, like, And I got a Luka Doncic jersey for my birthday, so I'm going to wear that. How does that work? Is that like one like a jersey over a Tasmanian Devil costume? Is that basically? Yeah, it's a onesie. Nice. It's a you know like the, the Looney Tunes or whatever. Yeah, shirt, and then I'll just put you know the Luca Doncic jersey over it. That is great. Um, <laughs> I need to step up my game, man. I, I last few years I've just forgotten to get a costume. I've just been so busy, and like I was a shark last year. Oh, nice. You know, yeah, I just found a shark hat, like, and then yeah. put on gray clothing had bought fins off amazon it was great yeah we're doing like a, a halloween social at uh ford's house so we're gonna have some candy there or whatever if some kids come by we're gonna the players will hand it out and, and stuff and we'll just hang out and we did it uh two years ago i think so um it'll be fun to to kind of just hang out with the with the team yeah it will be fun you know, scare them off in your Tasmanian Luka Doncic costume, you know. If yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> They're not scared because it's scary. They're scared because they have no idea what, <laughs> what it is. Exactly. You know? <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, yeah. Happy Halloween to all the listeners. Um, this has been the Alabama Adapted Athletics Podcast, Season 2, Episode 5. Thank you so much for listening. Huge thanks to Lindsay Zerbrug for giving us her time and um, telling us a little bit about her. We'll be posting this episode, obviously, in all of our social accounts. And um, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. And roll tide. Roll tide.